Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports writer and columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. The Talking Tide podcast available to you wherever you get podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, and of course we are live on YouTube and Facebook as well. The Twitter feed is Talking underscore Tide. Get quick links to our twice-weekly podcasts right there on Twitter always. Uh, with a quick link. So give us a follow there. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. And we'll take you through that 2023 Alabama football season, which is now just a little bit past halfway done, Travis. And uh, quickly going to thank a couple of sponsors. Uh, Peter Brook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa. Also Heat Pizza Bar in downtown Government Square. Tell you a little bit more about those fine establishments later in the program uh, but tonight here in the midweeker, we're going to preview this Alabama home game against rival Tennessee. Travis, CBS, uh, CBS broadcast, 2.30 p.m. kickoff. The Vols come in 5-1 and one, uh, and, excuse me, Alabama comes in 6-1 and 4-0. and, four and oh. Tennessee comes in 5-1 and 2-1 and and in conference play. And uh, the magnitude of this game, Travis, we'll kind of start there. It's a big one for sure in the SEC race. Uh, the SEC East, maybe a little bit more wide open now with the injury to Georgia's best player, Brock Bowers. It uh, looks like he's out indefinitely, maybe four to six weeks. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, if we're just talking about reaching Atlanta, this one's a little bigger for Tennessee than it is for Alabama because they're, they've already lost a conference game. Alabama has not. And this is a non-divisional game. It's a non-divisional game, obviously, for both teams. Uh, but Alabama could withstand a loss a lot easier in the race to win the West than Tennessee could withstand even a non-divisional SEC loss because that would be their second. Yeah, if you're Tennessee and you're thinking you can take on another loss, then you better be pulling for the Florida Gators in a couple Saturdays in Jacksonville to help you out. Although – you lost head-to-head with Florida, too. So it, it is very much a, a winner-else type of situation for the balls who you know, got to the bye week a couple weeks ago. We'll see if that maybe helps Tennessee, whereas Alabama, through this grind of eight straight, trying to get to the bye week at 7-1 and one before LSU visits Tuscaloosa in early November. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a divisional game, but really for both these teams for different reasons – Certainly one they would like to put in their back pocket. A huge one, no doubt about it. And a defensive battle, I think, is coming, Travis. I wrote this a little bit earlier in the week. I think this one's going to be low scoring. Both defenses have played well this season. Both offenses a little bit wobbly at times. And so it just kind of shapes up to me uh, to conceivably be a little bit more of an old school game with an old school score, you know, something in the 20s. I think could could easily win this one. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Earlier in the week, I talked about it and threw out there that maybe first to 24 is enough to get it done on Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Could be a game along the lines of what we saw uh, in 2015, uh, more recently, uh, 19-14 to 14 game that Alabama won with Derrick Henry and those guys uh, in a national championship season. I agree. I think, you know, both these teams, uh, it's interesting because it feels like the fan bases for both kind of look at the quarterback position a little bit suspect right now. And again, you kind of look at Jalen Milrose numbers and you would think, now eh, maybe not so much, but Tennessee obviously feeling the same way I think about Joe Milton. Yeah, Joe Milton only 100 yards passing last week and a victory over Texas A&M. That kind of jumped out for sure. Uh, but look, Tennessee has the best running game in the league. They average 230 a game on the ground. That's roughly 80 more yards per game on the ground than Alabama's rushing game gets offensively. And and uh, to me, it, it kind of all starts right there for that Alabama defense. I mean, the pass rush for Alabama has been great all year. And, yeah, it's important to get heat on Joe Milton. But stopping that running game is first and foremost, I think, for Kevin Steele this week. Yeah, I don't I, I agree. I, I think, you know, we can talk about the potential for explosive plays through the air, but this isn't, as we alluded to just a minute ago, this doesn't have the feel of anything close to last year's game, the fifty-two to forty-nine shootout where you had two quarterbacks combined for more than eight hundred passing yards. I don't I don't think we're getting that. Uh maybe it was more like nine hundred passing yards in that game a year ago. I don't think we're getting that on Saturday. So for Alabama defensively, I, I sounds simple enough, but I think from its nickel package, how successful is it in defending this Tennessee run game at tempo, at pace? Because when you look at the offenses Alabama has seen so far this season, really hasn't seen anything. I guess South Florida a little bit because of the, the familiarity between uh, coordinators and coaches from Tennessee to South Florida, maybe. Uh, but I, I don't think anything like what Tennessee is going to present on Saturday. And, you know, Jalen Wright, to me, is the top running back in the SEC right now. Tennessee's back. And they've got two other guys, Dylan Sampson and Jabari Small, that can get it done as well. Uh, but Wright is just on a heater. He's had four 100-yard games this season, one of the few in which he didn't. Well, that's a game Tennessee lost at Florida. Yeah, Wright's had a phenomenal year in that Tennessee backfield. There's no doubt about it, and, and and I don't disagree. I think he's played as well or better than any back in the league, which maybe isn't what you would have expected to say at this point in the preseason. But, you know, Quinshon Judkins at Ole Miss has had, had some early season injury problems. He's getting loose right now, uh, but his numbers were down in September because he was fighting through an injury. Same for Rocket Sanders at Arkansas, who ran for 13 or 1,400 yards last year. He hadn't been quite the same either. Uh, Jalen Wright, on the other hand, has been outstanding for the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, for Alabama, offensively, it's a disruptive front seven, uh, this Tennessee front seven. Travis, they get after the quarterback, James Pierce, uh, six sacks, leads the team. Um, but, you know, it's not just the pass rush with Tennessee. They'll get after it in the run game and, and give you some negative plays in the run game as well. And, uh, you know, for Alabama, it seems like 
the offensive line issues have kind of been squeezed down towards that left tackle spot. Beginning of the season, it was like there were problems all over the place. Now they seem to be cleaning things up just about everywhere but left tackle. And yeah. that's, a, that's, a big, uh, that's a big position to be weak at, uh, but at least they seem to have the other four spots gelling a little bit now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Do they just continue to ride with Jaden Roberts at right guard? Because in two starts, he's been pretty good, I'd say. Um, you know that Terrence Ferguson, it sounds like, still trying to get back from a high ankle sprain. Uh, Darian Dahlcourt, um, is he going to be back in that mix? Sounds like right now, Jaden Roberts is the guy. And I think you're going to have to do it some different ways on the ground against this Tennessee front because um, they are aggressive and how they go about their business You'll reference the Florida game a good bit because it's the game that Tennessee lost so far this season. But the Gators, I thought, really did a nice job of mixing it up, getting some perimeter stuff, some easy touches to the perimeter early. Um, Graham Mertz played a really nice game at the quarterback position for Florida in that one, but Etienne was outstanding. We talk about best backs in the league. They might both be in the SEC East this season with Etienne and, and Wright of Tennessee. Uh, but it's going to take some mix. And we saw some of that from Alabama last week against Arkansas. It wasn't just the zone, split zone concepts, uh, duo. Uh, there were some gap type of runs with the pullers and you know, counter action and kind of kept Arkansas guessing a little bit. Yeah, we saw the guards pull a little bit against Arkansas uh, like we maybe haven't seen a whole lot of previously. Also haven't seen much as far as a quick game with the Alabama passing attack this year. The one time you kind of noticed Alabama was was going to the quick game was when they opened the second half in College Station against Texas A&M. Uh, we saw Jalen Milrow just trying to pepper A&M a little bit with some short stuff, and I thought Alabama was pretty successful with it uh, in that instance. But it certainly hadn't been a big part of the offense overall. And against this Tennessee defense, especially with the way they can get after the quarterback, maybe we'll see a little bit more of that from Alabama. Yeah, more of a controlled, almost West Coast approach to the passing game. Uh, as far as just today's quick game with a lot of throws to the perimeter and screens and things like that, uh, we haven't seen much of that from Alabama. And that's something that the Alabama defense will get, I think, early from the Tennessee offense on Saturday. They're going to throw it out there to Squirrel White and uh, Ramel Keaton and some of these guys with those wide, wide receiver splits and, you know, test Alabama one-on-one -on -one outside in space and then, you know, really do a lot of that to set up what Tennessee likes to do, which is run the football between the tackles against light boxes uh, and then take some shots over the top. Yeah, I, I think Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terry and Arnold – They've both been very good this season. One area where they've been very good is tackling, especially Arnold. He's a physical guy. Both of them are. And so if that's what Tennessee wants to go with early, just to test Alabama up there, unless they get some really good blocking on the perimeter, I would think Alabama might welcome that uh, with the way I think Arnold. they will if Malachi Moore plays, mm -hmm. right? If Malachi Moore plays, which it sounds like he's on track to do, Having him at star gives you that ability to set harder edges with Arnold and Kool-Aid outside. With Trey Amos, you, you may not yeah. be able to do that as much if you have to play Arnold inside. So 
I think Malachi's presence is important for a couple different reasons this week. My dog Nigel agrees. If you just heard him bleed <laughs> through the microphone, there he he uh, he he definitely sees it the same way. Malachi, and we'll just hit on those injuries real quick. Uh, it sounds from Nick Saban's Wednesday comments like Moore and Dupree should be pretty good. Uh, Moore, of course, missed last week's game against Arkansas uh, with an ankle injury. Uh, suffered that injury, uh, I believe, against A and M, and so. Uh, he is a he he's been one of the best two or three defensive players on the team this year. He's been highly, highly valuable. Run stopping, coverage, you name it. His return is huge. CJ Dupree uh came out of last week's game uh with a little bit of an injury. Sounds like he's gonna be uh, good to go too. But Nick Saban uh remaining at least somewhat cautious, even though both guys are back at practice. Yeah, C.J. Dupree in the Tuesday practice footage that Alabama distributed, it looked like he had one of those hamstring supports on that we'll see guys with, but he was running routes. And, you know, even if you can't get as many snaps as you typically do out of him, uh, if you can get him in that pairing with Robbie Oots, at least some, that helps you sort of augment your run game and your pass protections uh, with him. So, Amari Nyblack obviously going to be a part of that mix as well. And we saw a little bit of Danny Lewis last week against Arkansas once Dupree went out. So it's an area where they have depth, but certainly you'd like to have Dupree able to go if possible. Yeah, no doubt. Dupree is a guy that gives them both a blocker and a, and a receiver downfield. Oots, pretty much just a blocker. Nyblack, pretty much just a receiver. And you know, sometimes personnel-wise, the tight ends can tip the defense a little bit in terms of what might be coming, especially if you're flexing tight ends out. Uh, Dupree, on the other hand, uh, it, it's it, it's a little bit less of a tell, I think, when he's in the game, certainly in one tight end sets. If he's in there with Oots, uh, that, that definitely tips things uh, for the defense a little bit toward that. It's probably going to be a run. Yeah, and he's got the size, you're right? Dupree, 245 or so. Nye Black has added bulk and strength, um, but you would like him more in there in some 11 personnel where you can, you know, flex him out and kind of give the defense more of a four wides almost look to try to deal with. And again, I think they're they're pretty good in terms of depth there. So should be fine regardless, but obviously you want to have your best people available. All right, Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. Going to take a quick look at what's happening uh, with this game in Las Vegas and with the ticket man as well, Travis, out in Vegas. The Sharps have this thing, Alabama, by eight and a half to nine points, depending on which sports book you're looking at. That number's actually down when it started at the beginning of the week. I think it was 10, maybe even 10 and a half in a couple of places. And so, uh, you can tell which way the betters are going right now at any rate, but uh, even down from 10, I think eight and a half or nine sounds a little high to me. Yeah, that's public money, I think, early in the week. It's usually the sharps that like to come in late. So we'll see what maybe some whales do as we get closer to kickoff. But I thought it was a high number myself to open the week. I understand that. When you look at this Tennessee team, six games, five of them played within the state of Tennessee, only one road trip to date, and it didn't go well in Gainesville. I think there's a little bit of caution or concern about Joe Milton uh, maybe in this particular instance. And I just think a lot of people still think, even people who set lines, 
uh, Alabama's going to restore order in this situation. After losing last year, you kind of go back to that stat of how many teams post back-to-back wins over Nick Saban coached Alabama teams. There's a lot of that stuff, I think, that goes into it. Over-under sitting at 48-and-a-half. It's 49 in a couple of places. Uh, that's my play this week. That's that's my official recommendation going into the Tuscaloosa news. I like it. I don't love it. I mean, we talked earlier that we, you and I both expect a defensive game. So I do think this thing comes in under. On the other hand, in this day and age of college football, it doesn't get much lower than 48 or 49. Sometimes you see 46s and 47s here and there, depending on who's involved. But uh, the way scoring has gone up in the game across the board over the last several years, it's hard to find anything in the mid-40s. Uh, so, you, know, you never know how these things are going to play out, but I do think it'll end up under 49. Yeah, the great unknown is non-offensive touchdowns. Tennessee scored one last week on a punt return. Uh, if you were in that over-under deal with Alabama-Texas A&M, I guess, a few weeks back, you know, Alabama losing that blocked field goal return for a touchdown probably, I think, I guess, I don't remember the total for that game, but I think it was kind of similar to this one. Um, you could have been impacted. That, that to me, is the great, uh, again, unknown, is non-offensive touchdowns, crazy things happen in college football, and you're right, that's a low total for, for that level of the sport. That under crowd, Travis, they love picks, but they hate pick sixes. Yes. <laughs> you see them they sometimes. Cheer the inter- they cheer the interception and immediately change to tackling, tackling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're sitting with under guy, uh, you, love, you love to watch them. They, they yeah. see that pick and they're up off their seat and then they're like, oh, no. When or if the game's been decided, <laughs> they'll coach that interceptor to get down, get down, you know, get down. You don't need the return here. The game's over. Get out. <laughs> Always fun. All right. Uh, the Ticket Man, Travis, uh, we talked about how this is kind of a get-back game for the Ticket Man. 150 to $200 at Bryant-Denny Stadium for the cheap seats around the upper deck. A little north of 200 if, if you're trying to sit, uh, you know, in the middle of the field up there. Uh, and if you're down low, uh, seeing those prices before we went on the air, Somewhere in the neighborhood of three fifty to five hundred dollars for those uh, high dollar seats, uh, but the man kind of needs this one, doesn't he? Especially after those soft prices from the Arkansas game. Well, and what helps the man in these next two home games isn't just the Alabama crowd; the visiting crowd will travel. That's been the, I think, the biggest blow to the ticket man in recent years is that opposing fan bases don't travel in my opinion, like they used to, not as fervently. Right. So, you know, if you're a Tennessee fan, you may not be extremely confident about the Vols' chances on Saturday, but this isn't exactly 2020 Alabama either, right? And if it happens to go down in favor of UT, you'll be able to say I was there for the first win in Tuscaloosa since, what, 2005? You got to go back? Or no, 2000. It was actually 2003. Because Alabama won the 2005 game. So you're talking 20 years uh, since Tennessee. And Tennessee shouldn't have won the the 2003 game. That was like the Casey Clawson fourth and 19. That was was the five overtime game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that wild five OT game. Yeah. That that was back before the two-point tries were mandated, wasn't it? 
I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, or at least they weren't mandated maybe yeah, as like early Kentucky as they are Arkansas now. playing 26 overtimes, you know, with <laughs> know. Houston Nut. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, why not make the trip? Absolutely. All right. Uh, the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. Going to thank a couple of sponsors here really quickly now. Going to start by telling you, all about Heat Pizza Bar in downtown Tuscaloosa. Great spot for you and your family if you're looking for great food and a great atmosphere in the downtown area. And especially if you're out and about this weekend for this Alabama home game against Tennessee, you don't want to deal with the crowds and the craziness on the strip. Just head downtown. Go to Government Square, 2256th Street, and Frank Fleming's great staff will have you covered with plenty of flat screen TVs on all the big games, a full bar as well. Heat Pizza Bar offers fantastic signature pizzas, wide array of salads, excellent appetizers, including those jalapeno poppers that I'm a big fan of. And you got to try that standard uh, when you're looking at some of these signature pizzas, house red sauce, pepperoni, Italian sausage, green peppers, sweet onions, and mozzarella. Great daily specials too over at Heat Pizza Bar. Pepperoni or cheese pizza on Thursdays from 2 to 6 p.m., just 8 bucks. You can't beat that. $3 off of cocktails from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Thursdays as well. So the next time you're in the mood for some great pizza, check out Heat Pizza Bar, 2256th Street, downtown Government Square. I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Chase talked about sort of getting out of the melee this weekend or home game weekends in general. That's one of the great benefits about Peterbrook Chocolatier as well. Just across the bridge from the University of Alabama campus, as you head towards Northport there on McFarland Boulevard, you're going to find Peterbrook Chocolatier, and they are worth the trip. No doubt about that. All of those great chocolate treats waiting for you. That chocolate-covered popcorn, hand-dipped chocolate strawberries on a daily basis at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network, the Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide. Give us a follow there. Again, we're live on YouTube and Facebook as well. Check us out in those locales too. Uh, we're going to take a look at the rest of the SEC schedule beyond the Alabama-Tennessee game this week, Travis. And it's pretty light, uh, frankly. Only four... Only four head-to-head SEC games this week, including Alabama-Tennessee. You got one non-conference uh, game. That'll be LSU hosting Army. Uh, camouflage end zones for that one. Tip of the cap to LSU for, for putting that together. That's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, elsewhere, Travis, Ole Miss at Auburn. We'll start there. Uh, Auburn really, really struggling offensively. It's a total mess for Hugh Freeze on that side of the ball in his first year on the plains got to like Ole Miss on the road there. I would think so. This has been a series though. That's heavily, heavily tilted towards the Auburn Tigers. I think six out of the last seven, it was a win in Oxford last year by Ole Miss that snapped a six game winning streak for the Auburn Tigers. But yeah, when you look at these specific teams, you know, I think LSU, we heard a lot after last week's win by 30 over the Tigers, the Auburn Tigers that, Brian Kelly talking about improvement on defense. Well, I don't know if we can really tell that based on, you know, what Auburn is right now offensively. So obviously Auburn needs this thing to kind of be a rock fight and Lane's going to look to try to motorboat and, you know, really 
take it to Auburn offensively. And plus, Ole Miss coming off a bye week should be rested and ready to go. Yeah, Brian Kelly a couple weeks ago about LSU's defense. I think this might have been after they uh, just kind of nipped Missouri by 10 in a, in a pretty close game that, that was, uh, I think, a three-point game until the final minute. Uh, Brian Kelly said, Travis, no one's going to confuse our defense with the 85 Bears, he said. <laughs> no, you think, Brian? No, and I think he tried to sort of walk that back a little bit with his comments about improvement after yeah. the Auburn game. But, yeah, it, it remains to be seen for LSU. And we won't really find out this week against an academy offense and Army, which I know you think about tough preps midway through the season and some option football from Army. But this isn't exactly an Army offense either that is along the lines of what we've seen from some of the previous uh, groups that they've had. Spencer Rattler and the South Carolina Gamecocks head to Missouri, Travis. It's been a strong year for Missouri. Uh, of course, they've just lost the one game uh, to LSU. How do you see that one playing out in Columbia? The Mayor's Cup, the two Columbias getting together. I think it's going to be a fun game, man, because I think both these offenses have the potential to put up points. Poor Shane Beamer, man, broke his foot kicking that Gatorade bucket after the loss to Florida last week out of frustration and if he was frustrated i missed that you didn't see that you didn't hear that yeah he's got a broken foot oh mercy upset after that loss after blowing that 10 point lead in the final five or six minutes last saturday that uh, broke his foot kicking a gatorade cooler apparently um so he'll hobble out to como with his team brady cook playing at a high level i kind of feel for spencer rattler because He's really having a hell of a season. He's now a couple of seasons into this thing where he's been really good. And from an NFL perspective, I got to think, Chase, he's helped himself as much because there's been consistency in what he's doing. You know, he was kind of known at Oklahoma, uh, a little bit of a head case, a little bit too much up and down. Uh, For a program that's been up and down, he hasn't been that kind of guy for South Carolina. He's been really good. Yeah, he got benched, I think, for a game or two at OU his freshman year. Uh, ends up at South Carolina, and he hadn't been well protected. So you got to oh. tip your hat to him even more because the pressure. I mean, South Carolina has not been able to pass block much at all. So uh, for what he's been able to do, given the heat he's been under uh, in terms of sacks and whatnot, yeah, I, I think he's done fine. Mississippi State and Arkansas, Travis, how is it possible – that Will Rogers and K.J. Jefferson, who are two of the best quarterbacks in the league, don't have an SEC win between them. Uh, They're 0-7 in the league right now, but uh, between the two of them. Yeah, somebody's got to get an SEC win here, right, between these two teams. And I think Mississippi State, kind of like Ole Miss, coming off the bye week, probably a lot more juice right now, a lot more gas in the tank than this Arkansas team that is in the throes of a five-game losing streak and really in need of a bye week of its own. But, you know, Arkansas hasn't played at home in literally a month, played in Fayetteville. So that could be what it needs to kind of sustain some energy throughout at least this game. Um, Who knows? I I like K.J. Jefferson better than I like Will Rogers. So if you're going to ask me to make a pick in that game, I'd probably go K.J. at home. Yeah, at least, you know, Sam Pittman's going to put the game in K.J.'s hands as much as he possibly can. You don't quite know that with Will Rogers this year. 
And there's so, some injuries. Uh, I mean, Woody Marks is banged up. We'll see. Again, the the bye week may have done him and Will Rogers a lot of good because they needed it health wise. All right, let's jump in that two deep tumbler before we get out of here really quick. See who pops out. Somebody in that Alabama two deep is going to come out of here, and uh, we will. I uh, got number seven here, Ja'Cory Brooks, Travis. An interesting name to come out of the tumbler because we're talking about a guy in Ja'Cory Brooks whose role has dissipated from one year to the next. I mean, he was uh, a frontline wide receiver for Alabama last year, along with Jermaine, Jermaine Burton. Uh, he was top dog in that unit a year ago. Yeah. This year, not so much. His snaps are down. His production's down. Um, it's been uh, it's been striking, certainly, to see uh, what's going on with with Brooks's playing time. Yeah, it seems like Malik Benson has benefited the most from that. We've seen Malik kind of open some games uh, at that spot. We've seen Isaiah Bond, obviously, a big part of things to go along with Jermaine Burton. But at some point in this season, I still think Ja'Cory Brooks is going to step forward in the offensive scheme of things. I'll tell you, special teams wise, he's still been good. Like the punt, like the punt, and uh, they still depend on him a lot. He and Q Robinson, if you picked a guy from the offense and probably a guy from the defense, Roy Dell Williams too. You see a good bit in special teams. You know, those are kind of the core special teams guys, the veterans uh, that they kind of lean on in the kicking game, but. I still think Ja'Cory, again, at some point this season, I don't know if it'll be so much in the way of quantity, but as far as quality, uh, I think he'll still be there at some point. All right, that is going to do it for this midweek edition of the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. Be sure to join Travis Ryer and myself on Sunday when we recap Alabama's game against Tennessee. Until then, for Travis Ryer, of BamaOnline.com. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide.